Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a calm conversation about something hopefully somewhat mundane for you. I'm Marco Timpano, and joining me is... Me, Amanda Barker. Amanda, welcome to the Insomnia Project. I want to start by thanking all our listeners, of which we have many all over the world, who listen to this podcast to help them with their need for sleep or for calming them down or just being company for them for calm rather than calming them down Mm -hmm. because we all know that's a way to escalate anybody sure uh i think we all have a need a yearning for calm calming conversation uh comforting conversation exactly uh tranquility in what we digest whether it be listening reading or so on watching Right. We are going to be going to a cranberry bog plunge at the end of next month. Wow, I didn't realize that was coming up in this one today. I just booked the tickets for it, so I'm kind of excited excited. about it. Yeah, so we will put pictures of us diving in a cranberry bog, which Mm -hmm. is a very fall thing to do, I guess. I'm not sure if we're diving in. I think we wade in. We wade in, yes. Yeah, I don't think we do a head first. You know, it might be a little too cool for that mm-hmm. in October, but stay tuned for that episode. But right now, we were in a few queues today. And if you don't know the word queue for lineup, I'll say what well, we were in a few lineups today. Yeah, British, it's a British term to queue. Yeah, I love that term. Yeah, I hadn't heard it ever uh, until I was pretty old, I think. There's the sound of the breeze outside. I yeah, don't know if people can hear that. But. It's a bit of rain. Mm-hmm. We're not in our studio today, so you might hear some outdoor sounds. Yeah. But we started the day by going to a drive through for coffee. And That's it was, true. We it did. was a very positive experience because, A, I had a little... Um, you had a freebie. I had a freebie. So, you know, when you collect uh, enough stickers, so you've had enough coffees that every time you get a coffee... You get a stamp or a sticker and you apply it to a card. Mm -hmm. Well, as the listeners know, I love libraries Mm -hmm. and I took out a book from the library and inside that book, a person had left a full card of stickered coffees and so I could use it for free coffee. A punch card, if you will, rather than, yeah, just like, you know, you buy eight and you get the the ninth free or whatever it was. Uh, and at this particular establishment, they honor those, and they every coffee you get, you get a little sticker on yeah. the back. 
Um, I want to thank the person who yeah. left their bookmark and sent me a free coffee via I felt badly for them, but maybe it was an intentional moment of paying something forward. I was grateful to them. The funny thing is, if it was in a you know new age kind of book or a self-help right. book, I would have been, oh, that's so great. But I don't think it was. I think it was in a podcast. Probably it was a mistake on their end. And sure. They dumped it in the slot and went, oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, um, we definitely needed it today and appreciated that little gift from whoever. Certainly. So anonymous person, thank you so much. Now, let me ask you this, Amanda. What makes a drive-through lineup good? A fast food drive-through lineup? Or whatever. You know when you get in your car and you're in a lineup? Mm-hmm. A drive-through. What makes it a positive experience? I'm just trying you? to think of other drive-throughs that exist that are not for fast food or for coffees. The only one I can think of is self-banking drive-throughs. Oh, yeah. That's the only other one, but that doesn't. Do they still do that? I guess they do. But remember, I remember being a kid and always being in that lineup with my mom and driving through, and then that that capsule. That would get sucked into the ground. Do you remember no, that? No, I don't remember. I remember oh, you, you telling me about this, but I've oh, never... Oh, you never had them? No. Okay, well, in New England, where I grew up, um, it was pretty exciting, actually, because you would talk to somebody through a glass window. You'd see them in the glass window. A teller. A teller, okay. yeah. And But there was two at a time, so they would... There would be two going at, at the same time, so there'd be two different tellers, so you'd kind of have to make eye contact with the one... And they would, you would tell them what you needed, if you needed to cash checks or cash or whatever. And they would say, okay. And then you put all your bank, you'd put, my mom would put her bank book. Because people used to have bank books. I remember bank books. Yeah. And they were like little passports, almost. She still has hers and she still uses hers. Oh, she can you still use a bank oh, book? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, she I, writes down everything that she takes out. But I remember bank books like this. They were like little mm-hmm. passports. Yeah. And you would bring it to the teller. Yeah. And they would stamp yeah. whatever transaction you yeah, did. Yeah, so you'd know exactly what was coming in and exactly what was going out. I mean, similar to online. But um, anyway, I looked forward to that drive through I loved going to the bank because it was magic to me. You would, you would get this capsule, this plastic see-through capsule, and you'd put your bank book in or your checks my mom's work in particular, she would deal with a lot of people writing her personal checks and okay. she would cash those. Uh, and she would put it all in and wait for it and then it would get come back and you'd get the cash back and your bank book back. It was true magic how they did it. Was the capsule like the ones you sometimes see in stores where you put it into a slot and it got sucked in? It got sucked in, but oh, what do you mean cool. in stores? You see it. Okay, so I sometimes see it in big box stores. They'll have it when the teller has a lot of cash in their till. Oh. The manager will come over and put some of What's the... What's that called? Skim. Oh, is that what it's called? It's called skimming. Oh, I didn't... Oh, okay. You have to skim your till every hour. Okay. Did you never work in one of those jobs where you had to skim the till? Never had to skim the so till. So I only ever had to do that when I started working. It was my first job in the big city. I worked at a video store. Which they don't really exist no, anymore. No, they don't. I was uh, 24, I think, and might have even been 25. I remember feeling a little uh, bashful because I had had my degree and sure. I had a lot of cool jobs and in my mind at that age and traveled the world to some degree, not completely, obviously, but 
And, but I could not, I thought I was going to be an actress. So I thought that meant I'd be a waitress. Right. That's, that was what they tell you. And uh, so I moved to the big city with my homemade headshots and my cobbled together resume and handed them out. And then I went around trying to get a wait, a waitering gig. And nobody, no, what no one tells you is that it's really hard to get a waitering gig in a big city because there are professional waiters. Sure. It was harder to get that than an acting gig, truthfully, for me. Um, I didn't have the qualifications. So anyway, I couldn't get a job. So I finally was like, I don't know who anywhere. I need to make rent. So I got a of job at a, at a video store. Um, and uh, so that was the first time I ever really had to work a till. Right. I'd never worked at a grocery store or even a fast food place. So uh, I was taught uh, by this really clever 16-year-old gal stephanie that i worked with and she looked at me crazily like you don't know how to skim a till and you had to take out because you always wanted a float of uh, 50 bucks okay. in the cash so anytime you did a lot of business you would take that out you would write how much you're taking out and uh, and you always needed to have another person there so it didn't so obviously you weren't <laughs> skimming yourself <laughs> yeah sure P- pocketing the cash and for someone to deal with the customers and uh, you'd put it in a big envelope and write how much you took and what time and and so that's that's what that's called the skimming I want to dive into this retail experience you had at a video store which they don't really exist anymore what were the most popular films okay on video okay when you worked there to the best of your recollection so the year would have been um, oh, don't tell the year. Tell the thing and see if we, I can okay. guess the year. Okay. Um, s- the first three or four seasons of Sex and the City okay. were extremely popular rentals. Sure. Um, it's so funny. One of the ones I remember was this movie about marijuana, Reefer Madness. Oh, of course, yes. I don't think I ever saw it, but it's I... It's a cult classic, I right? remember seeing it always on the shelf because, you know, back then, for people who don't remember video stores, because I have to remember there are people who don't remember of video course. stores. Um, when a blockbuster movie came out, it would take easily, you would devote an entire section to that movie. So um, I think Armageddon was a big one. Okay, that Pearl, ben, Aff- ben Affleck or twice Pearl the, Harbor. The, just Ben. We just specialized in Ben Affleck <laughs> movies. Um, so this was early nineties, ninety two, ninety three. No, no. Oh, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was Armageddon two. Okay, Pearl Harbor two. I don't no. remember. No, I'm joking. But um, no, it was the early two thousands. Oh, uh, of course, Sex in the City. I don't know why I'm yeah, thinking early nineties. But I don't really remember. Those are just... I remember like blockbuster movies. They all seem the same to me. Sure. So they would take up... You would you would get um, 50 to 80 copies of any given movie. Oh, when it first was yeah, released. Yeah, because it's such a demand. Oh, sure. this movie's out on video. Everybody would run to the video store to go get it. And so, you know you would have probably 50 placeholders and maybe 80 copies. So you'd put two or three of, I, I managed to be in the video store when DVDs were the thing. Okay. Because then we all remember the beginning of them with VHS, but this was a DVD and we did have VHS. Uh, we did have still VHS rentals, but they were few and far between because we were with the times. Sure. So we had uh, DVD rentals and we were in a very interesting 
part of the city. So we had some interesting specialized uh, markets. We were in a real um, a real pocket of LGBTQIA presence, and so we had a lot of those types of movies. Okay, um, maybe more than say a small town would, um, and they were really popular. And we had regulars. Actually, one of the cool things about working there. And I, I was there about a year. This is some inside dirt to an <laughs> industry that doesn't really exist anymore, It's folks. true. When the film festival would happen and or when somebody famous was shooting a movie, you'd actually get some pretty big names. Would come through to yeah, rent. Yeah, because oh, they would, where else are they going to get a movie? Right. So they'd come in because they'd want to see something by a director that they were going to work with. They'd come in just because they're only, they were shooting, you know, so many series or they were just on set so much that their only time to watch a movie would be to rent a VCR, which we did do, or a DVD player, which we did do, bring it to their hotel room plug and it in. plug it in and they would watch, they would rent a pile of movies. So wow. I remember, um, what's her name? Amanda, she was in Pulp Fiction. Amanda, um... Christopher Plummer's yes. Amanda Plummer. Yes, yeah. She actually came in a lot. Um, uh, and the problem was a lot of the celebrities, their address would be a hotel. Right. So you'd have to plug in their address and it would come up as this, this Sutton Place Hotel sure. kind of thing. Um, we'd also got um, uh, people who were like coming through town on tours. So like stand-ups uh, okay. would come in and try to rent movies because you just have to live a life on the road of in course. some professions. Um, so that was an interesting part of the journey. I can only order things. And now tell me if you're like this. I if It was all alphabetical for the most part. Okay. Wasn't it sectioned by genre? So comedies would be in one area. It was sectioned by genre in that, if you can imagine uh, a horseshoe. Yes. Because the front was all windows. So imagine a horseshoe, and that was most most of them. The outer ring of the horseshoe was all the late, the new releases. Oh, I didn't know that that's how it functioned. Yeah. Okay. So that was done alphabetically, but, you know... Uh, Sex in the City just lived there, or or really popular rentals. I see. Okay. So Sex in the City, and that's the first series I think uh, I rented there, and I remember renting the whole thing and watching it in a weekend. Up to that point, it was about halfway through. At that point, um, th- that was all the outer edge, right? And then the the columns in the middle, all the rows in the middle. Um, what are they called? Like in a grocery store aisles sure those were one at a time so that there would be a section for kids i see uh lgbtqia for us although back then it would have just been called uh, gay i think Mm -hmm. movies is what we called it or gay content um there was a section for canadian cool movies in that particular store so and there'd be one copy uh, of those of those of those films yeah. but anyway so having to or bring the films back you'd have it on a little cart and you'd have to wheel the cart i would take forever because i'm not great with if something is k i have to go through the whole i have to sing the alphabet in my he- head till i get to k wow to know where it lives okay 
on the shelf. I know it's in the middle somewhere, sure. probably the upper middle, but I don't know the two letters next to it until I would say L and M, but is that right? J and L is Oh, K's L, got it. Okay. Yeah, you know. But I don't know it. Like some people would really know, like you knew that immediately. Right. I, I have to sing the whole alphabet song to get there. I okay. don't know why that is. And I don't know. I know there must be other people like me. I just assumed everybody was like that. So it would take me a long time because sure. I'd be like, I don't know where R goes. Uh, you know, it goes somewhere in this world, but I don't right. exactly Q know. Q and S, yeah. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you this. Mm. Would you get irritated when people didn't rewind the VHS tape? Because I know when I first started renting, yeah. we would get charged if it wasn't rewound. We didn't. Ch- I think we told people we would. I do have a memory of opening them up and checking them to see if they had been rewound. I would probably, we, I think we would just say, next time, please be sure to rewind. But we had a rewinder under the counter. So you'd throw it in and just hit rewind and it would go really fast. Right. And so you could do it yourself because it was taboo to put a, an unrewound or half-watched video on the shelf. Isn't that funny? It is very funny. You know, another industry that's sort of disappearing, if not almost completely disappeared, is the travel agency. I know, but they do still exist. They do still exist. But I remember when you were planning a trip, you would go and sit with a travel agent who would click a clack on their computer (laughs) and then tell you what options you had the times right. and whatnot, then they would print you out a physical ticket that was a big rectangle ticket that had all the codes and whatnot printed on it with your name for your travel. So there was a really well-known, I mean, travel agencies tend to be um, chains, right? Or like franchises. Some of them. And then some, some, of them. some you have yeah. independent operators. Yeah. So there was a well-known I think it still exists, Chain. I don't know if you want me to say the name or not. But we don't need to. Anyways, it, it, it claimed that it wasn't quite a travel agency, that it was something more user-friendly. Okay. But I, essentially, that's what it was. Um, and they kept advertising for people. I, I applied there twice. Okay. No, I applied there once and got. To, I had a great interview and got not one but two rejection letters. Okay. Two weeks apart. So they really didn't they want They really didn't want me. That's why I ended up at the video store. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, I can tell them about this. I've traveled here and there and sure. I have all these computer skills. Nope, they didn't they didn't uh, need me. But um And what's funny um for our listeners is I have to say this about Amanda. When it comes to booking travel that we need to do, whether it's for our work, which we travel quite a great deal for work or mm-hmm. for our own personal pleasure. You are so adept and so great at using the online platforms to pick the best flight, the best train travel, and the best route or route we I'm could take. I'm pretty yeah. great at it. I mean, I, I, and I delight in it. Yeah, you do. I love it. A few times I've had, I've gone with a group of friends to a place, and I will say, if you tell me what it is you want, and even more importantly, what you don't want... I will present you with options. Right. I've done that with cities and countries. What do you want? What do you, you know, resorts. Okay, we're going to go to the Caribbean, but do you, do you care about this? Do you care about that? Great. With that criteria, I present to you these three options. Right. You know, I love 
absolutely love doing it. I know they, it was a real missed opportunity, but Hey, I got all that DVD organizing experience that, you know, I get to use right now and in, in talking about it. Sure. Sure. Who, who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> did you sell any, um, confectionery or any uh, we did we sold gummies and popcorn of course bags of like cellophane kind of bags of popcorn uh, that we would eat when we were really hungry we sold actually the not the number one thing we sold was old copies oh of course previously viewed um copies of of tapes and, and DVDs. Of course, because if you're getting 50 copies of a blockbuster yeah. that just comes out, what happens four months later when it's That's no longer... That's just it. And, I, and four months is probably about what it was, too. Okay. After about four months, you'd you'd pare it down. And instead of giving them eight rows in a chunk, you'd give them... You'd get four... You know, you'd probably have it down to ten copies. And okay. then after about a year or two, you'd really only need two copies of whatever that was. You know, so the rest of them would go into a bin and every month we would mark them down and sell them off Sure. and people would buy them. And some people really loved to collect movies. I'm not one to rewatch a movie or how, how do you feel about I, that? N- neither am I really. Yeah. Neither mm-hmm. one of us are. There's a couple of movies if they're on television, you and I will watch it. Mm-hmm. We'll be like, oh, yeah. Moonstruck Isn't is on. Fun? Let's watch it. It's almost like it. a roulette wheel or a, a sampler on TV these sure. days. Not a lot of people even have. That's a car driving by in case yeah. you're wondering. <laughs> Not a lot of people have cable. Um, and we haven't quite, you know, for whatever reason, we've made the choice to continue with it. Although we do talk about, you know, just going to all our streaming platforms. Right. Of course, we've just increased those. So we probably should make a choice. But um, but yeah, if something is on TV, like today, G.I. Jane was on TV, I would never make an effort to go watch G.I. Jane. Sure. I would never dial it up. I would, <laughs> but it was on. So I watched, you know, a few scenes of it. Of course. Um, so yeah, we would sell previously viewed copies and, and uh, it, it was just a way of selling off inventory. Did you ever find a gem while you were working there, a movie you may never have viewed and you took home one night and you were like, this is such a special movie. Yeah, I did actually. I And I watched a lot. I tried really hard. You know, as I said, I was just starting out as an actor. I, I didn't have an agent, didn't have anything. And, um, and didn't know anybody. Sure. So I tried to educate myself on who was working in Toronto, what films were being made in Toronto. And at that time, I tried to rent a lot of, Uh, any Canadian films I could. And so there was one movie called Way Downtown that I really loved. I just thought it was really funny. It had, um, I can't even think, Don McKellar in it. And I can't remember anyone else, unfortunately. Um, And I don't know if I bought the previously viewed copy or what, but I remember I showed it to my brother. So maybe he was visiting me. I don't remember. Or maybe I brought it home and showed it to him. And to New Brunswick, that is. He loved it so much that he always talked about it. And years later said he tried to find a copy of it, this movie, Way Downtown. Right. And the, the concept is three people who live downtown. 
I thought it was Toronto, but recently someone told me no, it was Calgary. So I'd have to look that up. But anyway, they live in a Canadian city in the middle of the winter. They live in condos and they all work in a building that you can access through the tunnels, through the downtown. Oh, yes, of course. So they realize that actually there's a grocery store down there too. So they actually have no real reason to go into the outside world other than just wanting to. Like everything they could need, more or less. Right, was indoors. Was was indoors, the gym, work, home, food. And so they make a bet with them, with the three, among the three of them, that whoever last the longest without going outside wins i don't remember what they were sure and so at first it's all very easy but then as the weeks go by they're trying to find ways to cheat like they'll walk by a revolving door just to try to breathe some of the outside air i see (laughs) so um anyway it was a it was a clever movie i don't remember much else about how it ends but yeah so that was that was my undiscovered gem of that time fantastic i only worked there like eight months maybe right well, we're winding down. Speaking well, of winding, not we didn't no, <laughs> realize we, we'd be talking about DVDs today. No, but uh, please rewind this episode <laughs> if you've gotten to the end and you haven't fallen asleep. I do want to say something. We often talk about Canadian things on this podcast. We're, of course, unabashedly Canadian. Mm-hmm. But I want to thank our listeners who are international listeners. Mm-hmm. We have a ton in Europe. We have so many in the U.S. Mm-hmm. who listen to our podcast. And they must just think, what do they do in that country? And then they just follow along with us when we go down these little um, maple leaf paths, shall we say. Well, if anyone is still awake and wants to locate where that video store once stood, it was at the corner of Young and Wellesley in in Toronto. Toronto. It's a pretty well-known intersection. Uh, and uh, I think there's a Starbucks there now. There is. There was back then. It's still there. So that's where I spent, and I lived really uh, like three minutes walk from it. So that was my first year in Toronto, my introduction. Didn't the Starbucks take over? No. What's in its place? A candy store. Oh, of all things. It's been a few things, but I think last I checked, it was a candy Candy store. store. Yeah. It's not a video store anymore. It's a candy store. What's your favorite candy before we leave? Oh, gosh. Uh, candy? I don't know. Runts was the first thing that came to Runtz. my mind. Okay. I thought it might be Canadian, too, the name Runts. Runts. Little sugary. I was just thinking of, like, little sugary bananas. Oh, I love, I love, can I name a brand? Of course. I love a, I love a bag of mixed Jelly Belly jelly beans. Okay. That's a great, how about you? Anything toffee. Oh, well, I love toffee. Yeah, see, I wasn't sure if we were just talking candy. I mean, if you get into the chocolate world, that's a well, whole other. That's this is the toffee world. It's neither chocolate nor candy. So <laughs> there's a toffee store. Listen, you know, I have a lot of British sensibilities, mm-hmm. and so for me, toffee um, would be number one. <laughs> so there you go. But anyways, we've reached the end of the Insomnia Project. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us. And if you have any suggestions of episodes you want to hear us talk about. Feel free to let us know on our Instagram, our Twitter, or on our Facebook page. Be kind. Please rewind.